Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Turn to John chapter 17. He's been, we've been working through this prayer of Jesus during Lent, and uh, we come to the end of the prayer. And Jesus is praying here. It's the night before he's betrayed. I want to tell you about that. Hey, uh, thanks a lot for um, giving alms during Lent. You know, the, the three disciplines is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And this is our way of giving alms, uh, uh, bringing food to the food bank. And, uh, and this is the last Sunday we're doing it for this season. Last week we took 140 pounds. It looks to be at least that much uh, this time. So way to go, people. Give yourself a hand. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. A number of years ago, I, I traveled to a, a Promise Keepers rally in Atlanta, Georgia. There were about 40,000 other pastors in the Georgia Dome, and, and there we listened to some great speakers, and we, we heard some good music. Conference took place over a period of three days, and, and you know, between the speakers and the music, there were some intermissions, uh, and, and sometimes during the meal. And, and so you get into the stadium, and you're waiting for something to happen, and sometimes during those intermissions, uh, some sections of the stadium would start to uh, uh, up kind of like a, a pep rally chant. We love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? And they'd point to another section in the, in the stadium, and they would yell back the same thing. We love Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? Now, I've never been a great fan of pep rallies, and I'm probably <laughs> too Canadian to be into this rah-rah Jesus stuff. But I, I wondered about the content. Is that the way we love Jesus? Um, is the way we love Jesus um, to sing about it? Sang about it this, the, this morning. Or oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Vast, unmeasured, boundless, free. Um, you know, one thing you have to give the evangelical church is that we're, we're really great confessors. We make these bold, bold statements. But I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've wondered about how much I love Jesus. I, like you, have made these great confessions of faith. But if I love Jesus as much as I say I do, then why is getting to prayer so difficult? You know, when Linda and I have been apart for a while, I can't wait to get back and see her. Um, I love her. I love my kids. I look forward to when I can, can connect with them. I love Jesus as much as I say I do. Then why is prayer, the opportunity to do that, to get together with him, so difficult? If I love Jesus as much as I say I do, then, then why is a lot of my Christian walk-fulfilling commitments I've made rather than living out the passion I feel. I do the right thing because I know it's the right thing to do. And I know that's better than doing the wrong thing. But take a look at two people in love. Now, they don't hold hands because they have to. Uh, they do it because, well, they want to. Now, I get that love 
matures and you know when you first meet uh, your your partner your you know you you grab a hold of their hand and that's that's a thrill and you mature a little and romance is going to Costco I I, I get I get that it changes right <laughs> um, but it's it's still different um, even mature love um, don't do what we do because of obligation or duty. Now, I know that, that love is more than a feeling, and I know that love is more than fickle emotions, but a love that is solely based on commitment is pretty dry. Uh, I don't believe it's the totality of the kind of love that God taught us when he said in, in Mark chapter 12, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. What kind of love goes past just mere commitment? If I really love Jesus the way I say I do, then why are sometimes uh, priorities a struggle for me? I... It just seems like I get my priorities together. I don't know if you like, are like this, but got it all worked out, get into a routine, something happens where, you know, a great opportunity is presented or my schedule gets out of whack and, uh, and then I have to reprioritize. And that's not a bad thing. But I notice that when my priorities get misplaced, it's, it's often my relationship with God that suffers. I really love God the way I do, say I do. Why isn't it easier to keep him a priority? I suspect that many of you uh, here can relate to me. You have told me as much, some of you. I love Jesus, but I'm so busy. Um, I love Jesus. But I'll drop my prayer life before I decrease the amount of television I watch. I love Jesus, but my friends seem to take a priority. I love Jesus, but... I sometimes worry that I'm too much like the Palm Sunday crowd saying, hail Jesus, yeah, Jesus, go Jesus, we love you, Jesus. Not a week later, the crowd was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. That's a fickle kind of love. Thing is, for the most part, when you love and, and, and you're, you want to love Jesus, and I know you do. And we'll come to, to next uh, Friday, Good Friday, and we'll remember the cross in all of its glory, in all of its agony. We'll recall the story once again how Jesus' beard was plucked, crown of thorns placed upon him, was, cruci was, was whipped, was beaten, was hung on, a Roman torture device called the cross, 
where he bled and where he died. We'll also remember how Jesus could have called 10,000 angels and defeat the tormentors and spare him the pain. A legion of angels was on standby and had he given the word, they would have swooped in and rescued him. But he would not spare himself because he loved us. He died for us. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, that we might know the righteousness of God in him. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. and By his stripes we're healed. He went through all that he did because he loved us. And, and when I catch a, a glimpse of that and what he's done for me, my, my first response is, I'm unworthy of that kind of love. Which is true, none of us are. My second response is, I really want to love him in return. And I do love him. But ever so poorly. I want my whole heart to be his, but then it comes back to a, a world that continually tries to compete for my affection. And then the vision of the, the cross dims, and we left knowing we should love him, but wondering about the depth of our love. Have you ever been there? Now, what do we do with this? Do we say, well, I just need to pick myself up by the bootstraps and love him. I need to buckle down and do more to love him. But you know, love doesn't really work that way. Um, maybe I just need to do more stuff to show I love him. Uh, and you know, it's always good to be obedient to Christ, but still doesn't get us to where we need to go. When our Christian life becomes all about duty, and there's nothing wrong with duty, better than disobedience, but it's a pale reflection of what true love is. If you have your Bibles, we've been working through John chapter 17 for the last, uh, this is the sixth Sunday, and we come to the end. And I'm going to camp on verse 26, but let me read the passage to you. Father, I want those who you have given me to be with me where I am, and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you, and have been sent and and know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. Let me read that last verse to you again. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself 
may be in them. Jesus prays, Father, the love you have for me is the love that I want to see in them. The love the Father has for the Son is the same love that Jesus is praying that you will have for him. Now that's a deep love. It is a great love. It is a love that is strong. It's a love that is true. It is a love that, well, God spoke about out of the clouds when Jesus was baptized. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Praise. The love you have for me, I, I want that love to be in them. That you would love me as the Father loves me. But here's the thing, you don't get love by pursuing love. This is kind of a deep, genuine, all-encompassing love. And it comes as a byproduct. That is what this verse is saying. Look at the verse once again. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may be in them. Having this deep love comes as a byproduct of Christ making the Father known and continue to make them the Father known. Let's, let's just take it one phrase at a time. Verse says, I have made you known to them. This one's fairly easy to understand, right? Jesus walked on earth, revealed who the Father was by what he said, what he did, um, how he acted, said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When Jesus showed compassion to the multitudes, you're seeing God's heart. When Jesus approached the woman at the well, who was married five times and was living with another guy, and you see his compassion towards her, you're seeing the Father's heart. When you see the one caught in adultery, and people were getting ready to stone her, and you see Jesus saying, you're forgiven, go and sin no more. You're seeing the Father's heart. The way Jesus acted, the way he spoke, what the fa- he showed what the Father was like. And if you want to know the character of God, get to know his son. Spend time reading the stories, listening to the stories, listening to the words, understanding his ways. For as Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you get to know the Father through the Son, and what Jesus showed while he was on earth, there's a love that's planted for the Son in your heart. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I may be in them. I want you to notice the progress. You don't get to know Jesus and then love him. That's not what it's saying. You get to know the Father through Jesus. And when you see the Son through the Father's eyes, then you'll love Jesus in return. It's the way the Trinity works, right? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, directs you to the Son. The Son directs you to the Father. 
The Father gives glory to the Son. The Son gives of his Spirit. Spirit directs you towards Jesus and the Father. Each member of the Trinity has a way of directing our focus back to the Father. The Father has a way of glorifying the Son through the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you look at Jesus, look for what the Father did. As the Father will, will cause your love for the Son to grow, look at it a little bit more. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them. Uh, Now, that's a little odder statement, right? Because this is taking place before, the night before, Jesus was crucified. He is coming to the end of his life, and he says, I'm going to continue to make you known to them. A couple of ways we could take this. Uh, One could say that, well, the ultimate revelation of God was the cross of Jesus, and, and it is. So we learn a lot about God, so that's what he means by I'll I'll continue to make you known. But it it seems to me that I'll continue to make him known for one more day. I don't think that's what he's saying. Could be the resurrection. That is a lot to say about who God is. But that hardly meets the criteria of continuing to make the Father known. Three days, I'm going to continue to make the Father known. There is a sense that Jesus is at work even today, continuing to reveal who God the Father is. Jesus said, you know, where two or three are gathered together in my name, like we are this morning, there I am in the midst of them. He's here today, and he wants to show you the Father. But more than this, the end of verse 26 says that he'll be with us and he'll be in us. When you go home today, If you are a follower of Jesus, you carry Jesus in you. He wants to show you who the Father is. Christ in you. The Spirit of Christ in you. He's he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to show you the Father. The thing about the, the Father is this, is that he's totally other than what he's created. He... See, we perceive our creation through our five senses. But you will not smell God. You won't taste God. God is other than what he's created. And there would be no way for us to get to know God unless he showed himself to us. Be kind of like an ant trying to get to know a cloud. But Jesus showed us God and he continues to show us who God is. The thing about God is that he's big, he is infinitely big, and there's, there's more to know about God than you can know in an eternity. You could learn something every day about God for eternity, and you'd never scratch the surface of who he is. That's why Jesus says, I'm going to continue to make the Father known to you. And here's the thing. The reason why we we don't love Jesus more is because a revelation of the Father has grown dim. Or to say it another way, our love for Jesus is directly related to learning more about the Father. 
Now, when we first become a Christian, there is a lot to learn about God. You know, the learning curve is steep, but our love for God is great. Wow, God, you're like that. You're holy, you're good, you're just, you're wise. But then after a while, the learning curve flattens out, right? You know, you've, you've learned um, to name the character of God. You've learned a little bit more of what God is like. Um, see, the basics are easy. It's kind of like, the basics are kind of like looking for stones in a gravel pit, right? You know, everywhere you look, there's something, you, a place to find a stone, but after the stones are picked through, you have to dig a little to find new stones. And sometimes we never get to digging. Sometimes we stop digging. I know that when I say you need to get to know God more, some of you are going to thinking, be thinking, oh, I, I need to study the Bible more. It's true. First place you get to know God is through his word. And what God has revealed in his word about himself is really important. God is the same yesterday, for day, and forever. Um, if you start learning things about God that are contrary to his word, then you're not learning about who God really is. But if you're getting to know the Father, you need to do more than just read his autobiography. It's one thing to, to learn about somebody by reading a book on them. It's a whole other thing to enter into a relationship with them. Same with God. You get to know God through his word, but it is living day by day in relationship how you're going to get to know him. You learn to hear him. And you'll learn to see him and through his eyes of compassion when you look at the poor and the broken and the rich and empty. You start to see God as you look in, in nature and you start to see the beauty around you and you start to see the buds coming out on the trees and uh, the flowers and the grass turning green, you start to realize, oh, the whole world is filled with the glory of God. There's something that can be seen about God here. When you start to look around and you start to do a little digging, you'll start to see, oh, I can learn some, something about God from this other person. They have something to teach me because God's showing them something. And God may even teach you through people who you find, well, you know those extra grace required people? God probably has something to teach you through them as well. God's always revealing himself. Why he says, be still and know that I'm God. Because, well, so often we're not still. We run through the gravel pit, never taking a, a chance to just 
look down, kick the sand over a little bit, and see another stone. I know a lot of you, and I know you want to love Jesus. And I know you want your love to Jesus to grow. And I know you want it to be deep. And you, I know that you want it to be more than just a, a song or a confession. You want to love Jesus with all your heart. So let me ask you this question. What have you learned about God lately? What has he taught you about lately? You say, oh, not sure what I've learned about God lately. Um, yeah, well, I remember when I was saying, no, no, no. What have you learned about God lately? See, God wants to reveal himself to you. And if something doesn't spring to mind, you probably have to say, oh, there's probably a place for me to dig a little. Here's Jesus' statement of reality for you. I have made you known to them. I've made you known to each person who's received me, including those of you at Asbury. And will continue to make you known because he's in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. He's going to continue to reveal himself to you in order that the love you have for me may be in them. The love you have for me, that's a deep love. And that I myself may be in them. Jesus' goal the love you have for me, Father, may be in them. Over the coming week, Holy Week, if God prompts you, say, Lord, I love you, but I love you ever so poorly, then you confess that to him, and you say, Lord, I'm sorry I do that. I want to love you better. And I know you want to reveal yourself to me, Lord, help me to have my eyes open to see what you're saying. Help me to be open to your spirit. Help me to hear when you speak. Lord, teach me about the Father. If you'll pray a prayer like that, humbly and open, and then just be still a little bit, God is going to teach you about himself. And as he does, your love for him will grow. Let's pray. So, Lord, thank you this, for this prayer in John chapter 17 that you prayed for us. Lord, I have, would confess that I have loved you poorly. And I would ask that you would reveal yourself again and again to me. Lord, I pray for each person here who this message resonates with. Lord, take us from where we are and um, lead us into your truth. Continue to make the Father known to us. Help our love to grow. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.